Welcome to Speaking of Humanity. I'm Nahama Robinson, developer of the Unconflict Personality System for Supporting Relationship, www.unconflict.com. I'm super excited about today's episode. Speaking of Humanity Season 1 concluded almost two months ago, and I have been waiting to launch Season 2 with an interview of today's guest, a talented podcaster and content creator, and someone I admire as a leader in the authentic women's voices movement. Welcome, Amanda. Please introduce yourself, where listeners can find you, and something about the journey that brought your content brand to where it is today. Oh, hi, everyone. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. (laughs) I wouldn't say that I was a leader um, in authenticity, but I definitely um, happily accept that label. Uh, So I am Amanda Millie. I am a mother. I am a blogger, a podcaster, myself storyteller um i am all about just bringing people together through the medium of storytelling um i'm all about living a life on your terms as you know on your terms as authentically as you can and i'm just all about being more real so i share a lot on my blog uh com. I'm very active on Instagram. My Instagram username is at Men's Millie. And I have a podcast that I put out episodes on every week with my very best friend. And that is called Name to be Determined. So you can find me on any of those platforms. And if you like what you see here, read, <laughs> then get in touch. Yeah, and that's about it. Really. <laughs> I'm just so happy to have you here. So... And, and let me say that, you know, I call you a leader in the authentic women's voices movement because yeah. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them are great. And there, there are a lot of empowered female voices out there for sure. Um, but I think it does take a special talent to walk what I think is really a fine line, you know, between authenticity and gentleness or just sort of, I don't know, um, always feeling like you're being respectful of others while being mm-hmm. very, very true to yourself. That's what that I- beautiful. I, I love that. And it's, it's always nice to hear how other people see you <laughs> because a lot of the times we can't see, what is it that they say? You can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Yes. So we can't really see for ourselves. So it's it's always nice. And I, I'm so honored to have you describe me as that. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Um, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for being who you are and for being here. <laughs> as I mentioned, this is the first episode in my season two. And the focus of of this podcast, Speaking of Humanity, is really to discuss topics that may not be easy for everyone to talk about related to relationships, intimacy. And I, I strive to be very authentic while also being respectful of, you know, everyone's perspective. Um, the reason I, I wait. So, so last season, just to give a, week, a quick recap of my last season was mostly focused on introducing my personality system using reality TV cast members as examples, because really the best way to talk about my personality algorithm, I should say, is uh, with examples. So so most of the last season was about that. And then the last few episodes specifically took couples from some romance reality t- uh, TV shows and talked about their relationship. Again, using through the lens of my personality algorithm and how it looks at relationships. What I wanted to do with with season two is bring in more of a conversational quality to the discussion of relationships and personality and 
how we connect with other people, how we see other people, how, how we get impressions of other people, how those impressions inform how we feel about them. And I really wanted to wait to start season two until I could have this episode with you because again, I, I super encourage, I've listened to every single episode um, named to be determined your podcast with Amelia, who's, I love you both. You're both amazing. And um, I would say, especially in your last, I don't know, last handful of episodes, mm -hmm. I really, I've been so inspired. I've been so inspired because I feel like you've talked about subjects and you always bring humor. I mean, you're, you know, the brand that you guys have is, is something I could never do because I'm not a funny person. <laughs> Um, but you really managed to bring humor and meaning together, you know, I mean, it's a talent, yeah. it's a true talent. Um, and so I, I just knew that you would be the person that I really wanted to have that dialogue about to really introduce this topic of just, just tying all those pieces together. So mm -hmm. I guess what I want to do is, um, specifically focus on, and, and, and the topic of dating is something that you guys have broached in your podcast recently. So it really mm -hmm. felt like a great segue. So, so I really wanted to start by sort of asking you a general question and just mm -hmm. see what thoughts, you know, come, you know, what, what thoughts you have on it and then sort of build the, the conversation from there. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about dating, first impressions, how looks influence, how we feel about that person, Mm -hmm. and how other factors play into our feeling of attraction and a kind of you know end game question for me is if we somehow could know more about that other person mm -hmm. right off the bat would that change our initial attraction like if somehow we mm. could hadn't that information about them you know that first impression included information that was you know more yeah. specific they were as 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 individuals you know would that influence <laughs> that was a very long question i'll try and see what i can remember so um first impressions always matter um i think so there is i, I remember when i first started getting into dating um online dating right years and years ago i would I had to learn how to navigate what it what what was the sweet spot for me because mm. I would sometimes match with guys and then we would be in that getting to know each other before we meet stage for weeks mm. right like mm -hmm. weeks and weeks of like chatting and vibing and thinking oh wow like actually I think this person this could be it mm. and really like thinking wow like I'm falling for this person and then arranging okay now it's time to meet now it's been like maybe three four weeks of talking we know each other you know or whatever and we meet and the spark is just not there yeah or physically you know they're great in every manner but physically the attraction is just not there you know and for me it would be things that I, I judged myself for it at the time. I deemed myself like, oh God, like maybe I'm just being too picky. But actually mm -hmm. now that I'm older, I'm like, no, it just wasn't there. You know, yes. either like maybe they're like four inches shorter than they say they were. <laughs> yes. Or yeah. they have a, they have gold, a gold tooth in their mouth and that's a turn off or like whatever. Yeah. And then I went through, okay, I'm no longer doing this, talking to people for four weeks and weeks on end. I'm just gonna, I want somebody that I'll match with and within a couple of days, we go on a date because I don't want to waste my time. It's definitely going to work if I do it like this. And I would do that. And we would go on a date and I would meet them. And I might be like, oh, wow, okay, you're hot, whatever. But then the, the, the connection is not there, you yeah. know. And, or like, they're like total douchebags, you know. I'm yeah, like, oh totally. My God, like, <laughs> what is this? I wish I had had more time to actually mm -hmm. know or like mm -hmm. decipher what a douche you were before getting dressed and leaving my house I, to waste I my so time. I so hear you on that. I so hear you on that. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah. think it's really, it's really hard because I, I do think that the physical matters. Yeah. I do think that um, like sometimes you meet people and you know within those first few minutes that, yep, you know, I, I am attracted to this person. 
but I've also had relationships where I have met people and um, it wasn't exactly fireworks in the beginning, but like, you know, kind of like a slow burn as you got to know each other yes. or whatever, you know, then you're like, oh, wow, we do share some qualities. Oh, wow. Like, and then the more you get to know them, the more attractive they become Yeah. to you. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it's really hard for me to answer that because I don't know how much is too much information, you know, because the getting to know each other stage is also like the, the, a dance that I love, you know, yeah. especially if they're interesting and you're interested in each other. It's, it's so much fun, that stage of getting to know each other. So it's like, how much is too much information? <laughs> like, what is it that I need to know? I just think I just need to know you're not a douche, you're not a serial killer, you have yeah. all your teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then maybe, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I so appreciate how you've answered that. Um, because I think the way you, you sort of crystallize the question of, it really is about how much information we want at every step. And it's not a black and white. It's not a all or nothing. Um, you know, we want all of the physical information now and all mm-hmm. of the information later, or all of the other information now. Like it really is a weaving, you know, it's a tapestry. Yeah. Right? So what you said is actually a great segue to something that I wanted to mention, which is mm-hmm. bringing in what reality TV has tried to do with that question, because Mm -hmm. I feel like reality TV is exactly is grappling with exactly the question, the way you phrased it. Um, Because there are various reality TV shows. um, There's three that I'm going to mention, but there are more uh, that try to take some, the physical attraction, they, their sort of philosophy in general, these particular shows that are sort of trying to take the physical appearance out of the equation are sort Mm of basing what they do on the premise that, oh, you know, when we base our attraction based on physicality, it's never going to work out, right? Because we have so Mm -hmm. much of that in society, right? Where we're like, people meet at bars or they meet wherever. It's all about the physical and then it just peters out or it gets ugly in whatever way. and so these various shows have tried to say, okay, you're not going to be able to see who that person is. And mm-hmm. this, I want to mention three shows that do it very differently. They each do it in a very different way. Mm. You have Married at First Sight, where people literally get married, not oh, only without yes. having seen each other, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Not only without having they seen each other. They met at the other. altar. Yeah, yeah. They know nothing about each other. They don't know the other person's <gasps> name. They don't know oh, them. Literally, it's trusting to have experts and it's trusting mm-hmm. experts. That you're a great match and then you you meet at the altar exactly um and then the another one is love is blind which oh yes i was obsessed with that one really really, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it was um basically they have pots one side women one side men and people initially get to meet with each other person like they're they're going through the entire process of just from really not even knowing who they're going to even want to spend more time mm-hmm. with right and then um so they they're talking to each other they get to find out they can say anything to each other they just don't see each other they don't see each other's body they don't see each other's face but so in theory the idea is that they're getting to know each other with everything except for mm-hmm. you know the physical right another show which is recent it literally was, is pretty new it just came out in the last month or so i think called sexy beast oh and- i saw the trailer for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like yeah not for me okay um so uh but no but i watched it just because mm-hmm. uh again i had mixed feelings after watching the trailer i have to yeah. say but i because i really wanted to see what happened and what they mm-hmm. did with it and how it sort of unfolded i did watch the entire season which was only i don't know six or seven episodes it wasn't that long um and each episode's not that long either um they're meeting and they have these very elaborate, really these elaborate, elaborate, like entire head go over their head. Like it literally, they, the looking like that's what kind of musk singer type. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so they're getting to actually spend time with each other. They're doing things. They're physically, because, you know, when love is blind, right. They're not, they don't, they're not even each other. Yeah. Being in the same room, right. They're sort of, there's a wall separating where sexy beasts, they're literally doing things together. I mean, they're hanging out. So they're mm-hmm. just not seeing the other person's face. So they clearly have a sense of body type. Um, yeah. But, you know, they 
have known nothing about that person's face. It's really about their face. And, you know, ultimately in watching all of these shows, well, before, let me, before I say anything, what's your, so you've, you've watched Married at First Sight, Love is Blind. Um, yes. Do you feel like, oh, that worked on some level? Like what's your, you know, what's your takeaway from watching? Uh, I think it would never be for me, <laughs> never. Uh, first of all, there's no way on earth I would show up at the altar and not know who I am marrying. No mm. way, no way. I think that 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 show in itself is the most ridiculous because you're actually saying I do to a stranger. <laughs> I think people... if we were if we were to rate them, that would be right at the bottom for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and family yeah. members of the people who yeah. do it will respond that way typically um cast members themselves mm-hmm. will say this is crazy you know um, yeah and you know fun fact i actually know somebody who's been on on that specific show really and yes and um she went in it for the right well i say right reason she didn't go in for oh my gosh i'm gonna be on tv or whatever right. she was at the time we're talking because the, that show originated in the UK and then it franchised oh, everywhere. She was in the very first UK season. And I remember at the time, we're going back a good seven years. Yeah. She was 36, 37. And she said to me, Amanda, I've just, I've, I've not had a lot of luck dating. And when the show came up, you know, I thought, well, why not actually put it in her head? She looked at it analytically. These are scientists and experts and all this stuff. Surely, if I can't find the person for myself, they will be able to. Yeah. Little did she know, these people might be scientists, but they are also here to create good TV, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. in in all scenarios, really, the number one thing that they're going for is viewings and ratings. And your emotional or mental well-being lost. Yep. So it turned out, yeah, she did get married to the guy. It didn't last. It just all, she didn't get any aftercare from the show, oh. any emotional support. It was a very traumatic experience oh. for her. Oh. One that I feel like even now she's still reeling from, oh. you know. So oh. it's just, don't go, my whole personal stance is don't go, don't try to find love on a TV show. It does work for some people. Some people, I feel like the stars aligned <laughs> and they would have met each other no matter what. Yeah. And they're the very few lucky ones. Yeah. But with the rest, when it comes to like TV, I feel like, you know, everything is, is, is exacerbated, is made to just be more is sensationalized, you know? Absolutely. So even if on one hand, really, even if it wasn't for TV and they're like, this is what it is, I wouldn't do it because I do think that you're taking out a, a part that's also important, whether it's being able to see this person, whether it's being able to see their face to see if you're physically attracted to them, talking to them, all this stuff. Because we have some in the UK where like, it's called dating naked and you're just seeing a silhouette of their naked body is ridiculous oh my god (laughs) and i just think um i think all these things are just entertainment you know i think that true connection comes on every level don't you like you can't have one without the other i think you need all of those you need all you we have five senses for a reason you know you need all of those Absolutely. So so you said you said you were obsessed with the show Love is Blind. Do you I mean I I know you've sort of um categorically put all, you know, romance reality television in a cat, you know, (laughs) box in its own little, you know, like no. Yeah. um, But um you know, you're obsessed with it. What did you enjoy it? Did you feel like it had more I don't know, what were your thoughts on that? I think um, I I enjoyed initially with Love is Blind, I, I enjoyed the dramas because they all date each other, right? Yes. All of them. So it was very interesting to seeing the dynamics because the guys go in their own apartment, the girls go in their own apartment and suddenly you have three girls saying, oh, we all love Cameron. Yes. Oh, we all love, you know? And yep. then just seeing how they all deal with that and try to encourage or discourage each other or stake their territory. I like that part. 
yeah. it was also very fascinating for me to see the 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 love quote unquote <laughs> yep. unfold in and some of those experiences were quite raw yeah. you know you could tell for some yeah. of them that not having that person right in front of them the physicality you did see instances where they did actually forget that they were cameras and stuff and it yes. felt like you were eavesdropping on intimate moments definitely you know and there was definitely one where uh lauren and cameron were like yes i think i I love you he's like i love you too and you're like oh my god i love you both (laughs) and you're just like wow that's a beautiful moment you know so it did have those moments and then it also had like i feel like that show for me it had everything um when they then meet after all that, it's like right now you have to meet face to face, you know, and you can see like from some of them thinking, oh, my God, you're exactly how I imagined you to the ones who were like, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it right there that I talk about, you know, that, oh, I've experienced that when I've spoken to guys for weeks and I've thought, yes, this is my guy. Mm-hmm. And then I meet him and I'm like, oh, God, you're really not, exactly. you know, and it's like seeing how that navigates. So I feel like it. We could all relate because most some of us have had similar yes. experiences. Totally. So it was definitely that. Yeah. Totally. And what's what's really interesting about you saying that? I mean, yeah. I, I I'm 57. I believe I'm much older than you are. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, way back. I mean, I. You know, um, I'm, I'm very. I've been very happily single for. A long time and you know that's just i'm just i'm cool you know i'm good yeah uh so i haven't even thought about dating in a very long time but i remember still a long time ago i mean you know decades even um or maybe about a decade um you know uh having that experience certainly having that experience yeah. um what, what i want what's really interesting is that sexy beast so it sounds like you didn't watch sexy beast no we Why don't have it here one one would expect mm-hmm. that and i think that's what they thought would happen the sort of gimmick of sexy beast which is very gimmicky on the surface but i think that what they were sort of hoping is that you wouldn't have that because people are physically together right there's something about yeah. a physical presence like what i found i'll just say from my experience again remembering from a long time ago Sometimes it wasn't that I would look at the person and think, oh my gosh, there's something specific I'm not attracted to. But there was something mm-hmm. about going from them not being a physical person, they're not being mm-hmm. a physical presence, to them being a physical presence that just, it's like the psyche, it was sort of cognitive dissonance on some level, I think, you know, where we're not, our brain somehow doesn't know what to do with that. Like, wait a minute, yeah. this, I've gotten to know this person without this aspect of it so what do i do with this you know um and so i think that sexy beast tries to sort of address that by saying look you know yes you'll yeah you'll get to see body type which is also something Mm -hmm. um but you won't see the person's like it's just what the person looks like you won't be able to look into their eyes pretty you're handsome look into their eyes well see that's what's so interesting see to me I would almost, and, and, you know, this goes to a whole nother conversation, but I almost think that that whole, um, that premise would have been actually more powerful and maybe more effective mm-hmm. if they'd done the opposite. Had they let you see the person's face, look into their eyes, but have mm-hmm. them have body, body type be totally different. And they could do that. I mean, there are ways, I mean, certainly, I guess on film, maybe not on film, you could tell, I don't know. They could but- all just wear like fat suits. That's what I'm saying. I think that's it's in person. And it's true. I know it works in person because I know yeah. years ago there was a show where someone wore a facet, went into stores. You know, they were sort of saying, how do people treat people who aren't right? So mm-hmm. I think that that would have actually been a lot more powerful because I think in this case, I think honestly, I, I don't believe that a single one of the couples, even the ones, there were some, they could always choose at the end, at the end of each um, couple, like they could. Yeah. Pick one to three or not or whatever. Some didn't pick, some did. But even the ones that did, I don't think any of them survived. Like you just didn't get the vibe that that clicked. And I just think if you can't look at someone's face, I think having physical, being physically together without looking at someone's face is just, it, it does, it's like the worst of all worlds. So 
Um, yeah, because we connect. What is it that the side? Yes. The eyes are the windows to the soul. We do connect in yeah. that way. You yeah. can read so much, and also you can read so much in a person's face. Yes. their expressions you know how they look at you all those things so yeah and it's yeah. i mean the 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 merit for sight and love is blind don't allow that either but i think that having i think it's worse to have everything else except that i just think that almost mm. makes it harder you know all the way around i did want to go back to mention because of course lauren and cameron i mean they're just they're like the fantasy couple i mean they truly they really are. are i feel they were just that, that's why i feel like they they were meant to be they were meant they to really be were. and they never they, they really said they were. never would have met if it weren't for the show they never exactly. would exactly but they also did part of the reason why i feel like the whole world fell in love with their love right was in how they communicated with each other yes um like lauren never tried to be anything other than who she was yep. so there's this thing in the black community like as black women you know because we change our hairstyle so much so when you go to bed for example you know you have to wear a headscarf so your hair doesn't get messed up because our hair is a different texture mm. to you know your hair so you you could you could have bed head that you just want to brush through and you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Afro hair is different. You have to wrap it properly. Otherwise, you're just going to be messed up the next day and probably spend hours trying to fix it. Mm. But I loved, and it was rife in the Black community because I've done this as well when maybe I'm like with a new bow and I don't want to look unsexy, you know, so I don't want to put on that headscarf, and I've done it in the past, so, you know, when you stay over there, you like, you just kind of pretend like, you know, oh, this is, I just sleep like this, I don't wrap my hair, and you go to bed, and then the next day, you're leaving his house with a hat, like, okay, hat, hat, like, can't deal mm. with this, and okay. she just was there, like, when they were on their little honeymoon with her headscarf on, you know, just, just unapologetically herself, I think you know she was just herself, and she did. He he saw her for who she was, and he still fell in love with that. And same with her, you know, like even the conversations they were having, and she's like, "You do? Would you use my toothbrush? That's disgusting! Don't do that!" You know, it it really resonated, and I feel like we loved them for two reasons. Number one, it was wow, like this is just people who are just being themselves. You know, they're not playing it up for the cameras. They're not tra- and you can so tell that, no, they're like really want to, they're in love. But yes. secondly, the way they handled themselves and the way Lauren, for me, handled herself, I was like, ah, oh, that I aspire to have that kind of oh. confidence in myself, you know? Absolutely. Like I, could, I aspire to be able to just, you know, express my needs. You know, she, she was able to be like, I'm still not sure I want to get married. I don't know. Yes. You know, it was just... Exactly. It's just so nice to watch that that realness about it. Absolutely. And and I have to say that um I think all women honestly aspire to be her. I I don't think (laughs) women of all color of all um aspire to she she just is. She's just amazing. I do appreciate that you mentioned of course so uh Cameron is, you know, is Caucasian, is white, she's and Again, great segue into the other question that I really wanted your input on, which is we're talking about physical attraction versus, mm-hmm. you know, the non the non-tangible, the non-physical, mm. the other aspects of one's personality and feeling attracted and how that influences attraction, relationship, love growing, whatever. Um, so do you think that skin color, race, mm-hmm. the, so sort of physical aspects that aren't you know that have more um social i don't know associations you know the people sort of that 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 have you know political that 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 people think about at different levels that people relate to um do you think that it depends on the individual I, i guess here's my question I know that I've on your podcast, um, yeah. something you've, you've mentioned is that, you know, don't just say you're colorblind, you know, don't just say yeah. you don't see color. Like, you know, we all see who the other person is. And mm-hmm. so something that, that I've thought when, when you've said that is I've thought, I really want to know more what you think about, I mean, 
I have, you know, my perspective on it. I'm a white person. I'm Jewish. I've had situations in my life where, you know, I looked so different from everyone else who was white, but I was clearly, you know, Jewish. Like I, because I was an Irish Catholic, you know, I actually taught yeah. at a school that was very, very Irish Catholic um, neighborhood. And I look different for sure, even though I'm white. So I've, I've had experiences of that, of a little bit of that, of people just knowing so I'm different just because of how I look um, yeah. or labeling me as different because of how I look. But what I want to know is in, in a world where we're dating and let's say, is, does, does the, the question of if we're dating the same race, if we're dating a different race, do you mm -hmm. think that that is, is part, is, has an overlap? Like, is part and parcel of, is connected to, is mixed in with the question of physical attraction? Or do you feel like they're two distinctly different? Uh, I think, I think that um, if you are dating um, in terms of I'm just dating and going with, I meet somebody, I feel attracted to them, I feel a connection and I explore it no matter what race, color, or creed they are, you know, um, and then it doesn't play into it, you're kind of like, okay, like, so this guy, he just happened to be Indian, or he just happened mm -hmm. to be Chinese, right? Yeah. That's actually usually how I date. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I have in the past met um, people like my ex, you know, I, I've never dated anyone of Japanese descent before in my life you know I've never I've never even met anybody but then like it, it just happened it was just a connection and I explored it and you know like eight nine years later we were still going strong right now the 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 issue becomes and I've come across this as well as a black woman dating outside of her race yeah there there are men who tend to fetishize Mm. dating black women so I have had guys who will come up to me like I've never been with a black girl before <sighs> I wonder what that's like or oh I uh, only date black girls you know oh, um yeah. or insects <laughs> you know Indian, oh, yeah. Asian whatever yep. and um that already takes me takes away my hu humanity <sighs> from the dating and just it fetishizes me it makes me an object it oh, be a thing that you need to oh, conquer yes to attain oh. you know and then when it becomes like that usually for me if, if I already see that flag I'm like bye walk away oh yeah because really it, there is no connection we're not dating you are you are just acquiring me it's like I'm this exotic fruit you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you Absolutely. want to try so I think uh, when it comes to dating outside of your race, that sometimes becomes the problem. Yeah. And that you yeah. you then have to vet people. Yeah. You know, like, okay, like, are you interested in me for me? Wow. <laughs> or are you interested in yeah. who I think I am? Or interested right. in what I think, what you think I represent? Absolutely. You? you know, I've had guys come to me and say, hey, can you twerk? Oh my and God. Like, uh, I'm sure mm. you, I know you've seen some hip hop videos, but like, no <laughs> that is not me and will never be me thank you bye so yeah it it, it makes me understand why mm. for example some of my friends will never will not date us out of their race you mm. know um i think there also becomes sometimes a cultural difference which mm. can be a barrier when you're when you're dating it's like mm. you know there are certain things that are just different and I think mm. you if you are dating outside of your race you just have to be open and curious to learn yeah you know you have to you yes. have to approach it with an open mind and be like okay I like this person and I want to know more about them so I'm going to know more about who they are yeah so yeah it does in on one hand it can be so much more fun you know yeah. if you are willing to delve into it because you get to explore things outside of yourself outside of your own bubble right. and learn and expand your horizons but then it also becomes more work it does you know? all these perfect segues just you're brilliant <laughs> um because exactly where where i wanted to go next is um which is sort of coming full circle to the beginning of our conversation mm -hmm. but talking about the balance of because you said before of course you love the process but then it's also mm -hmm. more work 
And yeah. I think that that's what even what these shows are trying to do. They're sort of trying to to hit the sweet spot of getting to know the right, um, like certain things that sort of get us over the, I'm just the words coming to me. It's bad, 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 you know, joke, but over the hump, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, of just, of, of getting to know the person enough that you're like, okay, I kind of, I know that I want to keep, it doesn't mean I know I want to marry them, but I know mm. that I want to get to really know them. And even if it, whether it ends up as friends or dating, I know yeah. that they're safe. I know that there's a basic level of enjoy, enjoying being with them. You know, there's a certain mm. something that like, okay, in my life, it's not a waste of time to spend more time with this person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, that may sound harsh, but I think all of us are so busy and I think that's part yeah. of it. Like we're, especially we're moms, we're, you know, even, I'm not saying anyone to someone who's not a mom also, same thing. I mean, yeah. we all, our time is, yeah, is valuable. Have a job, is you've got family, yeah, but, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So what I sort of want to kind of bring full circle, um, I really, you know, again, would love your, your thoughts on um, the personality algorithm that I developed is sort of, you know, that's, that's my attempt, you know, it's sort of addressing this question on, on many mm-hmm. levels. Um, and so I sort of, I want to know just what you think about the question in general. You don't need to refer to my personality algorithm at all, but I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do, this is something that has, is relevant to me and my work very specifically. And the question is, so do you think that there is a sweet spot of somehow, um, like there've been a few movies, fictional, fictional movies mm-hmm. about, you know, one was, I forget now, one was about an app. One was, I think the one was one of them, whatever, about if you could somehow someone who you knew you were gonna, you still had to get to know them, but somehow once you, as soon as you met them, you would feel something like they would, whatever. So, yeah. so do you, do you feel that there's sort of a sweet spot in real life mm. that somehow we could, we could, we could know enough in about enough enough about somehow about phys- the physicality and also just enough about who they are. If there's some kind of is there? Do you think some kind of sweet spot that if we could somehow know that it would really help us yeah. in meeting people? It would help the process. <laughs> and what do you think that sweet spot is all about? So yeah, any any thoughts? Oh God, that's a really great question because. Oh, you say, you know, that person that you meet and you kind of have a knowing. Yes. And I really believe that there is. I do. Yeah. Uh, Have I felt it yet? No, I have not. And, you know, all my years, (laughs) my 30 plus years of existence, I haven't. Um, Do I have hope that there is? Yes, I do. I think there's the sweet spot in when you meet that person and you both see each other and you're like wow okay there's something here right yeah Yeah. but I think the sweet spot the real for me the real sweet spot would come in the getting to know each other stage when you hit Mm -hmm. those little hurdles and then you communicate that hey this doesn't work for me and instead of them saying, oh, my gosh, you're attacking me. I can't take this. They kind of yeah. say, right, okay, I get that this doesn't work for you. So how do we make it work? And then you have this dance of, like, communicating. Yeah. And really, you want to be with each other more than you want to be apart. So really, you have to yeah. kind of work on your shadow selves. Yeah. And the more that you, I think, expose maybe your insecurities or parts of yourself that you feel are too dark to share and then they take them and they're like okay let's shine a light on them together maybe this is me romanticizing this all together but that's just how I would see it I feel like it's in a, it's, there's, there has to be a willingness to Absolutely. grow together so 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 beautifully said and I, and I want to ask um I want to ask you a few more questions about what you think and and you know full disclosure this very much relates you know what what, what my kind of the backdrop in my mind um mm-hmm. does relate to my, to my personality algorithm and how I use it and and all that but I just really I'm, I'm not asking you to refer I really want to know your mm-hmm. thoughts just but but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna probably I might respond you know with reference to my 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 algorithm um mm-hmm. Do you think that 
like you say, willingness. I mean, willingness is, is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely necessary. Do you Mm -hmm. think that willingness is necessary and sufficient or do you think it's necessary, but, but it's not quite sufficient on its own that we need to have other tools, um, awareness. I don't know what other, yeah, go ahead. I think willingness is the first step. Yeah. I think it's an important foundation. Yeah. Because if you don't have the willingness, it's like the saying you can take Absolutely. a horse to water, but you can't Absolutely. make it drink. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. it's just, it's the stepping stone, you know? It's a nice foundation to build stepping blocks on. So have you had experiences in your own life, in your own relationships? What you think then, so that's the stepping stone. And then what? What's what are the most important factors or, I don't know, resources that you have found to actually then, then, then using that, Mm. that, that, you know, actually doing it, not just wanting it, but being able to do it. I think there's so many things. There's so many like different tools that I've used in the past. Mm. Um, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend this afternoon and we were talking about, this was actually in relation to a mutual friend Mm. that me and her have. And, Mm -hmm. She was like, ah, you know, the thing about Haley is like, she just, because this friend of ours is very wealthy, Mm. she likes to buy you things and throw money at you and all this stuff. And then she expects me to do the same, but I can't afford to do that. Mm. And I would rather thank her with, you know, like acts and stuff or acts of kindness and things like that. And I was like, okay, so maybe, you know, like we're talking about like in relation to like, you know, the five love, love languages. Yes. And I was like, maybe her love language is receiving gifts. Yeah. And because that's her love language, that's how she receives love. That's how she gives love. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't taken the time to know what your love language is. And your love language is acts of kindness. Yeah. So when she gives you gifts, you take them. Yes, that's nice. But that's that's not how you receive love. So you don't see that as her showing you her love, even yeah. though she thinks that's what she's doing. But then when you give do acts of kindness for her, she doesn't see that as love because how she receives love is through receiving gifts. So we now have this crossways where you're both, you both love each other, but you're not, you haven't taken the time to learn what each other's love language is. And it's now really it, you're butting heads when really the basis of it is you guys really love each other yeah. <laughs> and so, want to show each other that. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, and I don't, I have no answer in my head to what this is, but just the way you said it. So I'm trying to think, okay, what's like, is it just about if, if they knew each other's love languages, mm-hmm. would it work? Like, are we attached to our love language where we can know someone else has a different mm. love language? But, you know, that doesn't help us. I mean, so then we kind of know what's not working, but we're still having to yeah. force ourselves to speak their love language. Like, so my big question is, you know, which has been asked for, you know, since, since the dawn of, you know, of life, mm-hmm. um, you know, what is love, right? Yeah, does love, does, does loving someone mean that, as, as long as once we know their love language, that's it, mm-hmm. we're good or not necessarily, you know? I think you're always, you're never like done, you know? Mm-hmm. You're always learning and growing and evolving. That I mm-hmm. feel like for me personally, I think that's the exciting part about it. Like you're always mm-hmm. changing and growing. Mm-hmm. And um, when I look at love, I look at my longest relationship Mm. yeah (laughs) my longest relationship is actually with my best friend Mm. um and we have been through it all (laughs) Mm. we've been through hell we've been through breaking up as friends saying don't want to see you or talk to you ever again Mm. and Mm. we've been through like not seeing or talking to each other no communication for like a year Mm. and having that time apart and then in that time apart being miserable and thinking I need this person in my life so Mm. when we got back into each other's life we were like okay so I need you in my life so I'm going to respect your boundaries (laughs) you know I need you in my life so what is it that you need you know and the communication Mm. I I actually saw it change 
and our dynamics mm. evolve. And then the more we did that, yes, um, it was even stupid little things of like sometimes we talk and we'd be talking over each other right no yeah. i want to get my, i want to tell you my news first and it's like yeah. okay no you talk and then i'll tell you my bit after this it's fine and yeah. realizing actually it is fine it's, it like, is. it's not a big deal oh, and i think we we had to do that and we're finally at a point now where it's yes. love is mutual understanding it's mutual respect if we have if i have a gripe with her I can go to her and be like, I really didn't like the way you spoke to me this yeah. afternoon, you know? Yes. And she'd be like, oh my gosh, this is what I meant. Or yeah, I was annoyed about this. And then we just talk about it and then we move forward, you know? And I think that it's grown and we're, we're close because we were willing to keep growing and changing and evolving. And then we started to learn and we started to know, okay, what tools can I use? How do I communicate with you so you hear me? You know, so absolutely, absolutely. And what you just said made me think it was really interesting because <clears throat> love languages um, is obviously a big and, and, and I think it's focused on positive intentionally. Right. We want to mm-hmm. be focused on positive. Um, and I don't know. I have to say I, I certainly am very I'm familiar in general with love languages. It's not something mm-hmm. that I have you know, specific knowledge of. So. If, if it does relate to what I'm about to, to ask, then and it could be. I don't know. But what I would say is there's love language and there's also conflict language, mm-hmm. right? Because when, when I, I think that as much as we're specific about how we want to feel love, how, do we, how we want to receive love, how we want to give love, um, I think that there's a sort of parallel uh aspect where how we want to receive relationship challenges or mm. relationship sort of um questions or uh i think for most people you know curiosity being approached more with curiosity which is hard it's hard when someone's upset you know when you're upset when i'm upset with someone i, I i'm yeah. i'm the worst offender i'm not going to you know, it's going to be very hard for me to go to them with a sense of curiosity as opposed to, you know, I'm unhappy. Um, but I think that how we want to receive, you know, um, unknown or challenge or whatever, whatever category you want to put it in and how we yeah. how we want to be able to express it. Um, so I, I think that that's that's a, a language in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just say that without going into too much detail that it was that I never articulated it to myself like that, but mm-hmm. that's really um, what, what I do, what I try to do, mm-hmm. you know, with my personality algorithm, I realize um, it's sort of the, the conflict language parallel of love language. What I love about it um, is I know you, you spoke about like conflicts within relationships. Yeah for me um the biggest thing that it was conflict with with my relationship with myself yes. is what it did so yep. some of the questions that you would ask me yeah uh there were times when i was like oh, i feel like i've been punched in the gut I'm so so right. yeah. you know yeah. like no because mm-hmm. i'm like oh my goodness you know yeah. yes yeah. yes yeah. she's right you know and you you start to look at yourself and Absolutely your reasoning and your own behaviors and some of the things that you you were seeking that you should have I I really was seeking within my I should have been seeking within myself but I was I started seeking within or putting more importance in the relationship and then seeing how it connects to yep. yourself I I mean it honestly I'm I'm speechless because it it gives you so much food for thought and it really helps you to have a deeper understanding of yourself and how you communicate and how you come across and, you know, how you, you deal with the conflicts that arise, that arise in your life, you know? I really feel honored to hear that. And um, it just means so much to me, that, that positive uh, feedback. Um, and I'll say that, you know, it was, um, as I said, I'm 57 years old. Um, I would say, 
you know, the first few decades of my adult life, um, I, you know, I, I, I needed to learn that lesson. It took me a long time uh, mm. to get to a place where I could focus on myself. And I guess, you know, I, 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 I want to tie this back into what I was saying originally about why I see you as a leader um, in really empowered women's voices, you know, that what I'm calling a movement. Um, I, again, the first few decades of my adult life, um, I, you know, I'll just say I was very needy. I was very needy. Um, and that showed up a lot, certainly in, in dating, uh, relationships. I mean, I went very long periods of time without dating. Um, but you know, when, when I would start dating someone, it really, that neediness would really come out. And I was fortunate to mostly, you know, to be in relationships that, you know, to find uh, good men, you know, who really, it may not have, have lasted forever, whatever, but they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they appreciated my strengths um, and they would be honest. And I was always someone who said I wanted honesty in any relationship. And, yeah. you know, they, they would say to me at points, you know, um, Hey, you know, for whatever, like it just, just, they would, they would say straight out that, whatever they had to say. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very, very, it's still hard for me to hear some certain things. Um, and it was certainly, I heard some things that were very hard to hear, but in retrospect, when I look back, I am very grateful uh, that mm. people have the courage to be honest with me about certain things because I needed to hear them. And even if I didn't heed them the first or second or third or fourth or fifth time I heard them, <laughs> But, but internally, each was making a dent, right? Before yeah. it shows on the outside, it's still making a dent. Yes, when, exactly. it's being, when it's being shared with compassion, mm. right? Because I would have, I'm sure at many points in my life, had people give me that those messages in, in very insensitive and non-compassionate ways. And that, if anything, at least for me, literally pushes me in the opposite direction. Like that, 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 yeah. that, 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 that adds, that adds layers to it as opposed to making a dent in it. But mm-hmm. when people express something with compassion, even if it's not something I want to hear, at least for me, um, I, I can look back and anytime someone expressed something to me with compassion, even if I didn't want to hear it, I look mm-hmm. back and I'm just so, so grateful for it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's again, so interesting. You talk about, of course, that your longest relationship is with your best friend. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, female friendships are so powerful. And I, again, as someone who really has, has no desire to be dating anyone necessarily, you know, yeah. I'm not saying if somehow the perfect relationship appeared, I would refuse it, but I just don't think that's likely. And I don't, I'm not thinking, you know, it's not just, just yeah. it's not something I'm spending time thinking about. Um, but I think that in general, I think as women, um, mm-hmm. and, and this is just a general statement that there are many exceptions to. I'm not in any way, you know, this is a broad brushstroke that does yeah. not absolutely doesn't apply to everyone. But I think general as women, we are more ready, willing, and able to communicate mm. difficult uh, feelings. Um, and difficult and whatever, whatever it is, but the things that are difficult to communicate and we're, we're ready, willing, and able to, to do that, um, to rise to the occasion, to really, to really bring our best self to it. Um, yeah. And so I think that, that female friendships, honestly, are, are the place to start for the, for the world. They are, right? they really are. Yeah. And I think, and, and having empowered female voices really sets the stage and I think sets examples for the world to learn mm. from. Like if we're yeah. looking for the world to move in that direction, where all of us, I mean, conflict is just dangerous proportions in, in, in our world, in our society. And we need a place to start. And I think mm-hmm. having empowered women's voices and empowered women's friendships as, you know, name to be determined is as your podcast <laughs> to be determined is really, I really do think that that's, you know, I never articulated it. It's not something that I explained to anyone before, but, you know, I'm thinking out loud here and I realize that that is what, that's why every I mean, I, I wait, you know, as you said, you're in the UK, I'm in the U S mm-hmm. um, so 
I think my time, it would be like, you know, sometime in the, you know, between the time that I go to sleep on Saturday night until the time and I wake up Sunday morning is when it comes out. Literally, as soon as I wake up, I'm I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? And I listen (laughs) to it. But that, I think, is really the crux of why I just not only enjoy it personally, I I see both of you as leaders in that, in what I'm calling that movement. You know, I think that they, I don't feel like there's a one size fits all. Um, yes. I personally always have been and will always be a romantic. Mm. That's just who I am. But I feel like now, as opposed to being a quote unquote hopeless romantic, Mm. I'm now a romantic with tools. <laughs> mm. You know, I'm now a romantic who knows that, yes, you know, romance is not bad. Neither is communicating your needs. Right. You know, neither is um, asking for what you want, you know, neither mm. is, you know, trying to understand where that other person is coming yes. from and meeting each other in the middle. So it it feels like, okay, yeah, I can still be a, a hopeless romant, hopeful romantic. Absolutely. But then like now I can come at it from this perspective of, okay, this is how I am. And coming back okay. to where we were talking about having a deeper understanding of yourself, when you do, you also know what triggers you, you know? Yes. So I can be like, yes. right, okay, so I know that in situations like this, I tend to react this way. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's just it's just a different dynamic. Mm. It's um it's very interesting. It's it's nice to have. Yeah. Um the flip side of that, I was saying that to a friend, I was like, the flip side of that is because you know you know yourself, you know what you want. Right. Um, you know how to spot even with people little red flags. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can be like, Oh, okay, no, I can see a red flag here. I don't think this is for me. And you can exit left. The yeah. dating pool becomes so small. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It becomes smaller, but then I guess it's smaller with quality. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes I mean, I think um I think I think you'll agree and and you know, tell me if you if you do or don't. Um but I think it takes courage honestly to really mm. to stay in the game, yeah. to really want to stay in the game, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, the easy thing is to give up or yeah. to yeah. just play yeah. into the narrative men are trash yes which is like oh come on you know like it's just like somebody would say women are trash exactly hundred you know, percent. you know 100%. come on i'm not trash you're not trash so already yeah. that statement is wrong yes. <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it 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 is you know you're right it takes courage it takes courage mm-hmm. as well to to stick to it to stick yeah. to your values right yeah. to not settle Exactly. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, I need to then, this person doesn't have A, B, C, D that I'm looking for, but it'll do. And and it takes courage to be by yourself. It does. You know, yes. You know, what takes courage is Mm. being true to yourself, whether you're staying single, whether you're dating, whether you're in a relationship, it all takes courage because the courage part is being true to yourself. There's no path that you can, you know, truly be your best self and live your best life without courage. Is it whether you're with, yeah, single, not, yeah, it's, it's all, that's where the courage is actually about. And once you're, you know, once, once you're sort of exercising that courage, then you you also realize what you want what's important to you you know um i agree so yeah yeah this has been such a pleasure i i really once again thank you so so much amanda um and i want to give you another opportunity to let people know where they can find you um because i i think that uh people who aren't already familiar with you um We'll, we'll, we'll want to check you out after this, after this episode. So, uh, yeah. So let people know where they can find you. Thank you. This has been thoroughly like 
fun. It's been such a fun um, conversation to have with you. So thanks for having me. Um, and I am very active on Instagram. You can find me on at mansmillie, M-A-N-D-S-M-I-L-L-I-E. Uh, my podcast is called Name to be Determined. You can find me on wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it. We'll, yeah, we'll be there. Um, and yeah, you can find my blog, amandamilly.com. And just come say hi. I'm very friendly. So yeah. Awesome. About it. Yeah. So thank you everyone for tuning in to episode one of season two of my podcast speaking of humanity i'm really excited to be starting uh season two i'll have another episode coming soon thank you so much bye-bye bye thank you for tuning in to speaking of humanity a podcast about human connection